Excuse me, but are you loving this podcast? If you are, you can support the show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. All you have to do is hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Excuse me, Excuse me. I, have I have something to say. Something to say. This is the podcast where we have real and open conversations about life and everything it throws our way. I'm your host, Sean Philip Naylor, and you can join me each episode as I talk with inspiring people who also have something to say. You can also join in on the conversations by contacting me directly through the show's official social channels, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at excuseme underscore pod, Facebook and YouTube, search Excuse Me, I Have Something to Say, or visit our official website, excusemeihavesomethingtosay.com. As always, all links are embedded into the show notes for you, and don't forget to click on that subscribe button. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, remember you can rate and review the show there. Hi guys, how you're doing this week? I hope you've all been staying safe and well. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the show. I hope you've had fun engaging with the show's official Instagram page this week. We've certainly had fun with some spooky content and quizzes in the run-up to this episode, and it was so good to see so many of you interacting and playing along, so thank you very much. Well, guys, it is that time of year again. It's October. It's the spooky season and home of my favorite festive holiday, Halloween. Longtime listeners of the show will remember that for last year's spooky special, I was joined by Excuse Me fan favorite and host of the podcast may contain traces of soy, Rochelle Lindquist, for a spooky deep dive into the history of Halloween. It was a hilarious foray into the origins of some of our favorite Halloween traditions like trick-or-treating, Halloween costumes, the pagan origins of the festival known as Samhain, and my favorite part, which was the really creepy and really cool origin story of the jack-o'-lantern. I highly recommend going back and having a listen to that episode after you've listened to this one. But of course I do, because it's my show. So coming up on the show this week, I'm joined by fellow Halloween enthusiast, mum of the most glorious feline familiar you ever will see, and good friend of the show, Amy Lucivero. Amy and I will be calling upon our coven to gather round our cauldrons and look into our crystal balls as we take a look back on the history of witches. Amy, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me back. Anytime. You're always welcome. How have you been? Been good. Going through these crazy times. <laughs> so it's our favorite time of the year again, Halloween. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell me what Halloween is to you. And also more importantly, what does your house look like right now? 
I don't think we can go into um, that much detail on this show. It's a little <laughs> bit crazy out there, but it's all colors of the rainbows and filled with lots of witchy and spooky goodness. <laughs> I love it. I saw your Instagram story of your house and setting up for Halloween. I love how much you love the spooky season too. Um, it also helps that your your husband comes from that part of the world where they embrace the spooky season yes. a little bit more than we do. <laughs> Have you been over there for Halloween yet? No, we were actually planning on going last year, but obviously with COVID, there was no travel last year. But we were planning on bringing a lot of his goodies back from Canada. Mm. <laughs> So that might have to wait till next year now. <laughs> yeah. And what does Halloween look like for you? Like what do you, what's your traditional Halloween celebrations or movements? Amy is quite an introvert. So my Halloween probably looks a little bit different to many people's. We usually like to celebrate at home just with a movie and giving all the neighborhood kids some candy and sometimes <laughs> a little tour of the house. But it's usually just a pretty quiet night just to enjoy all of it. So just for the listeners, uh, Amy's house is literally at Halloween like it's not it's not like a ghost house it's just so much fun spooky ornaments and it's all very tasteful too oh thank you yeah we um try to make it a little bit ornate and have little themed parts of the house so every room is different. I love it. Um, So you and I are going to educate ourselves and the listeners today as we dive into the history of witches, which is fascinating. See what I did there? (laughs) I love puns. (laughs) (laughs) So before looking into this episode and sort of sitting down and going, okay, let's read some articles. Let's do a little bit of research. What did you already know about witches? Um, Honestly, my views on witches have always been people that dabbled in, you know, herbology and energy fields and crystals and things like that. So my view was probably a little bit different from the traditional Disney witch. But yeah, honestly, not very much. I actually kind of, as bad as this is to admit, forgot about the Salem witch trials and things like that until you brought this up. And I was like, wow, that actually is a part of history that happened, but we don't really talk about it in Australia. Isn't it crazy? Like when you actually look at, and we will look at a little bit on the Salem witch trials. It's just crazy to think that that even happened. But then you look at how, you know, we treat marginalized people these days and it it happens still in in the weirdest (laughs) ways. Um, I'd also just like to take a second to say that this episode is mostly about the, I guess, the Western history of witches. And we know that there are an incredible array of different cultures and beliefs within and the practice witchcraft that I think we would love to delve into in much more depth in future but as this is a halloween special we're going to scratch the the tip of the witchy iceberg with a look into <laughs> uh, witches i guess as we know them mostly from western society and that are probably more commonly referenced within pop culture and of course iconically halloween so witches were, this was the first thing I saw off of the history.com website that I, I was my first port of call for research. And I really enjoyed what they said. So they said, witches were perceived as evil beings by early Christians in Europe. This inspiring the iconic Halloween witches that we know today. Images of witches have appeared in various forms throughout history from the evil old hags with 
warts on their hooked noses as they huddle over their cauldrons or cackling as they fly through the sky on their enchanted broomsticks with their pointy little hats to what we see now in pop culture. You know, the benevolent nose twitching suburban housewife or the awkward teenager learning to control her newly surfaced powers or a trio of charm sister witches using the power of three to protect the innocent against the forces of evil. However, the real history of witches is deep, dark, and often, for the witches, quite deadly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I think most of us are familiar with, you know, the Charmed Sisters and Willow from Buffy and all of the pop culture references of witches. And I think, I guess, our generation kind of identify more with that than what you would call a traditional witch. I did the air quotations there. (laughs) I definitely agree with that. The origins of witches. Early witches were people who practiced witchcraft by using magic spells, calling upon spirits for help to bring about change. Most witches were thought to be pagans doing the devil's work. Most, however, were just natural healers. Some were called wise women whose choice of profession was misunderstood. So I think this talks back to what you were saying about, you know, your ident- definition rather of witches is of those people who, I guess, witches in nature would be a way Definitely. to put it. Yeah, I think it was interesting doing some of this research as well, that a lot of the so-called witches usually specialized in herbology and were midwives, which I thought was really interesting. So they would usually use their skills or talents in a certain profession that they could And it's funny too, I think probably touch on this later as well, but it's funny how, you know, those who were accused of witchcraft, predominantly women, not all women, but predominantly women were also, you know, the marginalized ones in society. So they were the spinsters, um, Mm. you know, the people who lived alone or just that sort of thing. And they're easy, I guess, an easy target to go, you're a witch. And a lot of them, um, because they were quite independent, that wasn't looked upon very well back in the day for a woman to be independent and vocal about her beliefs and it wasn't taken very well no particularly by the men folk we seem to have a problem when women (laughs) (laughs) basically with women when they have an opinion and then there's religion in the mix too and that just makes everything easier (laughs) (laughs) ah simpler times um so it's unclear when witches first came onto the historical scene but one of the earliest records of which was actually uh she appeared in the bible so it was in book of one samuel and other testament verses also condemned witches as well such as the often used phrase from exodus twenty two eighteen. i really sound like i know what i'm talking about here but I'm- <laughs> Not very well versed in the Bible myself, uh, but this, this saying is, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Also, um, other biblical passages which caution against divination, chanting, or using witches to contact the dead. Yeah, very interesting, especially to go back that far. It's funny too, because there was like, I was looking at some other cultures witches and they you know the the practices of spells and chanting and these sorts of things go back so far it's incredible to think that you know it's kind of like I guess like anything with us people you get to a certain point in history and then they're like no you're different you're done stop it stop being different yeah pretty much which you know I guess what they called it was witch hysteria which Mm -hmm. was a thing and that 
started in Europe, I think, in the mid 1400s, when people started accusing people of witchcraft, which is confessed to being witches. Um, and this was often when they were being tortured because, you know, human race likes a good torture. Um, <laughs> within a century of that, witch hunts were a common practice and the accused were executed. Um, the article I read said, you know, they spoke first about burning at the stake and then hanging, but it was really interesting to see that the burning at the stake thing didn't actually happen as much as I think popular culture would have us believe. Yeah, definitely. When I was reading some of those articles as well, I think in modern culture, especially like watching things like American Horror Story and things like that, that are still popular today. Um, I'd always assumed that when people were burned at the stake, they were still alive. And a lot of the time that actually wasn't the case. Wait, I didn't, I, I missed this part in the, in the research. <laughs> Tell me more. So they would like kill them and then just burn the bodies. Yeah. So a lot of the time um, these poor witches were imprisoned and then tortured and were usually killed prior to being burned. And the burning of the body was almost like a religious purification to okay. get rid of any lingering energies or spirits that they thought the witches had devil out Mm, that's interesting I missed that how did I miss that that's crazy so between 1500 and 1660 up to Mm. 80,000 suspected witches were killed in Europe alone and around 80 percent of those were women who were said to be in cahoots with the devil and they were filled with lust you lusty ladies (laughs) Um, Germany had the highest witchcraft execution rates and randomly Ireland had the lowest. I um, love that. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish. We, I'm, I'm a quarter Irish. We, we don't mind. You know, there's a lot of gypsies in, in the history in Ireland, which is steeped in that sort of mystical elements, you know, like when you go and kiss the Blarney Stone and all of that stuff. And we Irish, we do love a good superstition too. <laughs> right. So it's funny again, you know, just I don't, want to dwell on it too much, but I think it's really important to talk about what we we mentioned before about how women were the targets of this. And it was the single women, it was the widows, it was, um, you know, women on the margins of society that were targeted the most and 80%. Like, what's the other percentage? Like, would it be people again, who may have identified as male, but were different, perhaps homosexual, or, you know, maybe not, what did they do back then? Like good at cobbling stones or something? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. And I didn't actually um, like really pick up on that, but 20% to be not mentioned is very interesting. Yes. Who is this 20%? Right. Now I'm getting more questions than answers. I'm not doing, <laughs> I'm not doing a good job. But yeah, it, it, it also seems like it escalated somewhat quickly, like this entire mm. culture of accusing people of, of witchcraft. Um, in 1486, two well-respected German Dominicans wrote a book called, I'm going to get this so wrong, hold on, I'm going to have to concentrate, call up on my witchy powers. Um, <laughs> Malleus Maleficarum. How'd I do? That's similar to how I've heard it pronounced. <laughs> I think we're going to roll with that. <laughs> we're going to roll with that. So this book that which they wrote was published and roughly translates to The Hammer of Witches. It was essentially a guide on how to identify, hunt and interrogate witches And it very quickly became the authority for Protestants and for Catholics who were trying to flush out witches that might have been living among them. And for over 100 years, this book, I'm going to try and say it again, Malleus 
Maleficarum. I feel like I'm in Harry Potter and it's a spell. This book for over a hundred years sold more copies than any other book in Europe with the exception of the Bible. That's crazy, isn't it? It's, I mean, it's obviously a page turner and (laughs) (laughs) I might need to get my hands on a copy of it. I want, I feel like I want to look into it a little bit. I was actually listening to a podcast earlier today and the podcaster was reading some extracts from the, from the book. And I think it's really interesting because it was written by Catholics (laughs) (laughs) And being the second bestseller to the Bible during that time kind of makes sense that they were being purchased at the same time or for the same purpose. So you said you were listening to a podcast and they were reading bits from the book. Was there anything in there that sort of stood out as like ridiculous or just like must have been terrifying for people to be reading that book in the times? It definitely would have. It was very vague what bits that I listened to were, but like as in... They could pretty much condemn someone for anything. Um, well, there was, I had this thing and it was right at the end of all of the stuff, but there was, I'll bring it up and then maybe we'll bring it up again. But there was mm-hmm. a person who was accused of being a witch because her neighbors, basically they accused her that she was a witch because they said that she killed their pigs and she put a hex on their cotton. <laughs> Um, not the she, cotton not the cotton <laughs> not the cotton maybe they just had bad cotton and you know I, I don't think she would have done those things yeah one uh, of the um one of the people that wrote the book so someone was condemned because she basically saw him on the street and told him that she didn't like him and that automatically made her a witch <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I read somewhere and I was trying to find it when I was piecing together the episode that either one of or both of the people that wrote the book ended up being trialed for witchcraft so the book it says that it was written by two but really it was written by one and the second one only really wrote the preface of the book right. and he he seems a little bit crazy to be honest <laughs> Well, they would call you a witch if you acted a little bit crazy. So it's ironic, though, that he writes a book to condemn witches and and to teach people how to identify witches. And then essentially his book got him killed. Mm -hmm. Is that justice? Maybe. (laughs) So as the witch hysteria died down in Europe, over in the New World, the Americas, it was on the rise. So the New World was recovering from wars with the British and the French, Smallpox epidemic was rife and the ongoing fears of being attacked by the neighboring Native American tribes. All of these tensions were perfect for finding scapegoats and witches were just the ticket. Um, In saying that, I do think, you know, back in the day, they probably should have feared being attacked by the Native Americans because they did invade and take their country. Just saying, my opinion. But that's not the topic that we're talking about. We're talking about the witches. So (laughs) we do digress. (laughs) Maybe that bit ends on the cutting room floor. Who knows? Um, So the best known witch trials that took place, most people will know them as the Salem Witch Trials, which obviously Salem, Massachusetts, this was in 19, no, (laughs) it's much later than it needs to be. This was in 16. 92 known as the Salem witch trials they began when nine-year-old Elizabeth Paris and 11-year-old 
Abigail Williams began suffering from fits, body contortions, and uncontrolled screaming. They believe today that this would have most likely have been to poisoning by a fungus that would have caused spasms and delusions. But as more and more young women began to show similar symptoms, mass hysteria followed. Yay, mass hysteria. <laughs> Ironically, too, like if the people that were accused of witchcraft were, you know, essentially people who believed in natural medicine and, you know, turning to nature to, to help. They potentially killed a lot of people that could have helped these girls just saying in like the long run that that was probably not a a smart idea. Uh, Three women were accused of witchcraft. So there was Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and I want to pronounce it Tituba but I don't know. So Tituba was an enslaved woman owned by Sarah Paris's father and confessed to being a witch and began accusing others of using black magic. And on June 10th, Bridget Bishop became the first accused witch to be killed during the Salem witch trials. And she was hanged at the gallows. And then around 150 people were accused of witchcraft during the trials. 18 were executed, 12 women and six men find that interesting that was one of the more interesting facts for me when I was looking into this was that I thought we thought it was a lot more people the way Mm -hmm. we have kind of spoken about the Salem witch trials in history I thought it was maybe my um, my memory is skewed on it but I always thought it was heaps more this is Paige the co-host of Giggly Squad and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I thought it was a lot more too, but then when you look back at the European ones and there's like 80,000 people in less than a year, you kind of expect them to be almost, I mean, not the whole of Europe in one town, but you expect the numbers to be a lot higher. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, looking at the the numbers there, 12 women and six men, mm-hmm. who's pointing those fingers? Mm-hmm. It's the men, I'm telling you. Massachusetts, though, they weren't the only colony to fear the witch. Connecticut, a town called Windsor in Connecticut in 1647, there was uh, another... L- Ye olde world name that I can't really say. I want to say it's 
uh, Alcia, Alcia Young, was the first person <laughs> in America executed for witchcraft. And before Connecticut's final witch trial took place in 1697, 46 were accused of witchcraft in that state and 11 were put to death. What was that book that they turned into a movie and it had Winona Ryder in it? And I feel like it was about the Salem witch trials. The Crucible. Did you ever see this one or read this one? I didn't. I'm not very big on movies, so my my knowledge in that field is very limited. (laughs) They made us read it at school in England, in high school. We had to read The Crucible. I remember thinking it was a really good read. Can't really remember it. Might have to watch the movie this Halloween season. Might have to join you on that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's maybe I'll put a link to the trailer in the episode and then people can go and click it and see if they want to watch it. So in Virginia, people didn't mind the witches so much compared to the other states in America. In 1655, Norfolk County in Virginia passed a law making it a crime to falsely accuse someone of witchcraft. But still two dozen trials took place between 1626 and 1730, but none of the accused were executed. I mean, that seems like a more sustainable approach to witchcraft accusations agreed and I think that like after doing some of the research as well like in human nature some people are doing it for good reasons some people might have been doing it for bad reasons so I guess it depends on what they did to deserve whatever punishment or outcome came of the trials well like Grace Sherwood who was the lady who was accused of killing the pigs and putting a hex on the cotton like it's like me going you know what I don't like my neighbor. She's a little bit of a madam. She's a witch. Yeah. Take her away, please. Get rid of her. Kill her. Thank you. But yeah, so Grace Sherwood, while I'm talking about her, because she's popped up in my notes again, she's one of the most famous witch stories from Virginia's history. Um, So yeah, her neighbors accused her of killing their sheep and putting a hex on their cotton. Once they'd accused her, other accusations followed. And then she was brought to trial in 1706 where the court decided that they were going to use a controversial water test to see if she was guilty. I mean, that sounds normal. Um, So Grace's arms and legs were bound, and then they threw her into a body of water, and if she sank, she was innocent, and if she floated, she was guilty. Grace didn't sink. She was convicted of being a witch. She didn't get killed. She went to prison for eight years. I mean, better than death. True but still not great, especially if uh, she didn't kill the pigs or hex the cotton. I'd like to know if these tests were tested on non-accused witches to see if anyone actually passed them. That's (laughs) a bit crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's like today with everybody going, I don't want a vaccination because it's not been tested. Well, sorry, love, I'm going to Bind your legs and arms. I'm going to throw you in the water. And if you sink, you don't have to be vaxxed. Okay. okay. If you float, you got to have it. All right. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say on the matter. Um, there was an article that was published. It was a satire article. Um, and it was supposedly it was written by Benjamin Franklin in 1730. And it was basically said how ridiculous some of these witchcraft accusations were. And the hysteria soon after died down. And then they started to pass laws to help protect those who were wrongly accused and who were convicted. I mean, allegedly, supposedly Benjamin Franklin wrote it, but thank goodness someone did because everybody 
back then needed to calm down mm-hmm. and uh, stop pointing the finger, as it were. It only took them 250 years to start calming down. <laughs> sometimes you get worked up, Amy. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes things, you get, they're just going to take a minute. Centuries. <laughs> That's a long grudge. That's a real long grudge. So that is the majority of the history that I think most people know of witches. But witches, there's still witches today. People who practice Wicca, not like a Wicca basket. (laughs) Sorry. I'm a dad. I'm I'm officially a dad now, so I can do dad jokes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, modern, (laughs) modern day witches in the Western world. They struggle to shake their historical stereotypes. They practice Wicca or most practice Wicca, um, which in Canada and America is an official religion. I don't know if it's one here. I feel like it would be. I don't think it is. And I, this is me being uneducated on the matter as well, but I kind of thought Wicca and paganism were the same thing until I learned that it wasn't, (laughs) but they are based on the same thing. But I feel like in Western culture, we talk about paganism quite a lot, whereas Wicca isn't really mentioned. No, that's that's true. We do. And then, you know, we look at the history behind Halloween. That was all pagan rituals. Mm-hmm. Witchcraft, I think, back in the day was pagan rituals and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. Wicca is definitely something very different. You know, Wiccans, they avoid, not saying that the witches back then didn't, but Wiccans avoid evil at all costs. Their motto is to harm no one. Like, mm-hmm. Is that like their motto motto or are they like, well, hey guys, do you remember that time for like 200 years and everybody was like killed? Let's just be nice and just say harm no one. We don't hurt anyone. Don't kill us. All right. We're we're good people. They, They are good people. So they strive to be peaceful and tolerant and to live in tune and balanced with humanity and with nature. And we can still perform their witchcraft, but it is rarely known to be sinister. Now, I'd like to draw fact to the rarely. I want to know about the sinister, the sinister mm-hmm. Wiccans. Any sinister well, Wiccans? Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, sinister Wiccans, get in touch uh, with Amy Knight because we've got questions. We're interested. <laughs> also, I know some people who I want to hex their cotton. Let's just say that. <laughs> I'd say kill the pigs, but I'm a vegan, so I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> this is, well, I mean, they could have just been really old pigs and they died of natural causes. Have eaten the bad cotton. They are. It's like a two for crime, a two for one. Um, modern day, which is their spells and their craft often comes from their book of shadows. Now, I did a quiz this week on the podcast's Insta and it got lots of attention and lots of people guessing the answers to the quiz. I was surprised how many people didn't know that the book on how how to kill a witch is what I'm going to call it but the mal, mal that one the malleus maleficarum a lot of people thought that the book to kill a witch was book of shadows not the case not the case especially not the case if you're a fan of charmed I'd never heard of a book of shadows until I was like my mid-teens mid-teens I was a teenager and charmed <laughs> came out and I was totally into that because you know I love a good strong strong female story and you know if they're going to save the world and be witches well I'll be into that and mm-hmm. um, they had their book of shadows and I was like what is this and then you know it's a book that a book that contains wisdom and witchcraft and then it can be passed down and down and down um, and it's comparable 
to the act of prayer. So I guess that maybe is like the chants and things that come within that. And a modern day witch, well, they're more likely to prescribe you a herbal flu remedy than a hex to place upon someone who wronged you. And the spells these days are more likely used to stop someone from doing harm to themselves or to others. And ironically, whilst it is possible some of these historical witches used witchcraft for evil, many of those accused or killed may have just embraced the craft for healing or protection. So last night when I was speaking to my husband about preparing for this podcast and doing some reading and watching some videos and podcasts, um, I found out that my darling husband practices protection spells on a regular basis. Really? And it's something like we've been together for five years and he's never even mentioned that to me before. And it was only from doing this research that he opened up and actually shared that with me. Do you, you think that he didn't want to tell you because he thought you would like point your finger at him and accuse him and murder him? <laughs> Send him to trial? I would hope not. <laughs> no, I think it's just something he's never really um, spoken to anybody about. But That's it's really cool he's interested in and he, he said to me he's like I don't know if I 100% believe that it works but he's like I just do it every now and then and I just hope for the best and I mean everyone in our life has been fairly safe recently so maybe it works maybe it does work but I mean I always think that things have power if you put power into it so like if you believe mm-hmm. it's like when people go oh that's a superstition you can't what what's a superstition I can't think of any right now walking under a ladder walking under a ladder you can't walk under a ladder. That's bad luck. I'm like, if somebody says that to me, I'm like, only if you believe in it. I don't think walking under a ladder is bad luck. Definitely don't think black cats are bad luck. I love black cats. They're my favorite kind of cats. <laughs> but yeah, but so what does he do? Can I ask? What does he do for a protection spell? Like, is it a just sort of like, um, almost like an affirmation that he says, or does he do... It's a visual activity that he does um, for himself, but basically he will picture the person that he wants to protect. So whether it be myself or a member of his family or a member of my family, he focuses really hard on that person and tries to like build a visual like aura or like field of energy around them to protect them and just focuses on that for a little while and then lets it go with good intention, basically. I love that. I remember like when I was younger, I would do... I was going to say weird things like that, but that's not really a weird thing. I would do stuff where I guess, I guess it would be something in the same vein, but it was more like a repetition of speech. So maybe more like chanting and, Mm -hmm. you know, saying things over and over and over and over again with intent. So, you know, like maybe you wanted to get a job or, you know, wanted to go to school and not get picked on that day and and you would lay in bed I tell you I would lay in bed the night before and I would just keep saying these things and these positive things like positive affirmations over and Mm -hmm. over and over again in the hopes that I'd have a good day and normalized now as well but like people could have been trialed for that back then but it's such a good thing for your mental health and your overall outlook on life to do those little activities for yourself exactly and then you know just on that same kind of thing about you know looking after yourself um and doing good things for your mental health like being at one with nature you know you kind of you say that and it's kind of my preconditioned brain is like oh that's such a hippy dippy thing to say it's you know but it's actually so nice to to feel at one with the ground and 
with the air and everything that's around you. I think that we've all been caught over many years of moulding, I guess, to always have a busy mind. And I think that when you do step back, especially with nature, it's okay to be bored for five minutes and not have something to do for five minutes just to enjoy the world around you. And it is really refreshing and healthy. (laughs) Yeah. Pulling us back into, I guess, the last section of our witchy conversation. Mm-hmm. Witches, whether actual or accused, this is something that bothered me. It maybe I'm being too ignorant here. It bothered me so much. I, I almost didn't want to read into it. But yeah, whether you're an actual witch or an accused witch or not a witch at all, these people still face persecution and death even today. So we talk about witches being, I guess, like witch hunts and things being in the past, but it was really interesting and scary to know that witch hunts still happen all over the world. Um, they, they might take different forms and maybe not so much in the Western world, but they definitely happen. Um, I was reading that there are a lot of men and women who were suspected of witchcraft that have been beaten and killed in Papua New Guinea since 2010 there was a story of a young mother who was burned alive in Papua New Guinea because she was accused of witchcraft. Um, Similar episodes of violence against people accused of witchcraft still occur in Africa, South America, the Middle East, and even in immigrant communities in both Europe and the US. Obviously, we still have a lot to learn when Mm -hmm. it comes to each other. I find over our human history, we've looked to victimize and prosecute people we don't understand and those who are different from us you know which is people from different backgrounds with the different religious beliefs different skin colors sexuality like you name it and look at the persecution of women in our history you know not just the the witch trials and things where women were the ones that were the ones predominantly being accused and killed i think as as people they fear strong women single women women who choose to not get married or have kids and women who want a career over family and like so much more even going back to what you said about the wiccan belief of only doing good and reading into this as well i realized today that like even a lot of majority of the churches that are still out there today are run by men but then if you look back about like the prophesized deaths of king samuel's sons that was a woman (laughs) that was Mm -hmm. obviously a witch at the time and it's interesting that when a man gets like a a a vision from god that it's religion but if a woman gets one it's witchcraft interesting what an amazing point to make and that's like how do you justify that because well, I was brought up religious and like, I just always, I mean, I'm, I don't practice any religion anymore, but you kind of just get, I don't know, taught that God only speaks to men or if he does speak to women, it's in, you know, like the quiet of their own home and it's not something that they're to share with other people. And then, yeah, after reading and listening to um, some of the source material today, I think that it was really interesting that they even used the word prophesize. I'm like, well, how come? a prophet is a man but when it happens to a woman she's a witch like it just doesn't really make any sense does it (laughs) it's absolute nonsense that's exactly Mm -hmm. what that is you know and you got to look at who's accusing these women of Mm -hmm. their alleged witchcraft like who are the ones that are whispering and and pointing them out you know Mm -hmm. it's let's say it's maybe the men who are afraid of them or the women as well Mm -hmm. who are afraid of them for being different afraid of 
the differences or their confidence or, you know, maybe it's a jealousy thing. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't, what I do know is that if you're, uh, if you're not hurting people and you're using mm-hmm. your powers to bring other people up and to share kindness and knowledge and acceptance, well, I'm totally down for that kind of witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's like even interesting what you were just saying before about the people who are still being prosecuted and killed in 2010. Like that wasn't even that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it happened in 2010, it's still happening now. Definitely. That's a that's a somber note for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I think it's a good thing to bring up though, because if we didn't know that before, then I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there who don't know that. It's probably good that that gets out. <laughs> Exactly. This was really interesting. Like I said um, to you before the show, this isn't really anything I've looked into before, but it's something that I've always been fascinated by. And I wish that I delved into this a lot earlier so that I had a lot more knowledge on the topic, but you've opened a can of worms and I'm <laughs> going to be continuing for probably the rest of my life now. So <laughs> Amazing. Well, I am super happy that you came on the journey with me um, and that you were open to doing some research and to having the conversation. And of course, to being a guest on the Halloween special, it's my favorite one to record always like it's so much fun because it's educational like and it's educating on topics that I guess we don't always talk about or discuss or even really think about anymore it's kind of you think it's in the past so I really appreciate your time and your now expertise because you've done the research it can it can be better I'm looking forward to learning more (laughs) Well, I mean, there's such, we have only scraped the tip of the iceberg when it comes to witchcraft in the world. And it's definitely something that I'm going to think more on. So if I ever do another spooky episode and we delve into other, other aspects of witchcraft, mm-hmm. I'll give you a call. Yeah, sounds good. Amy, thank you so much for being on the show again. It's always a pleasure. You are just a big beam of light and positive energy and dark, dark lipstick today. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This has been very fun and educational and looking forward to hanging out with you again. Yay! So guys, that's a wrap on this year's Halloween special. I hope you've enjoyed it. There was so much more to talk about on this subject and we've only touched the tip of the witchcraft iceberg. There are so many fascinating different stories and beliefs when it comes to witchcraft around the world. There is a uniquely beautiful history within different cultures, legends, and so many different types of witchcraft. Areas that I want to learn more about and explore with you guys in the future. Perhaps there's a whole other podcast journey we can go down together on this one. Who knows? But for now, I want to say a big thank you to Amy for joining me for this historical trip down memory lane and a big thank you to history.com for the content i'll share a link to the references used to create this episode in the show notes but for now stay safe happy halloween and i'll see you next time even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.